Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the MSC Performance Podcast with me, Mark Coulson. Today I am with Luke Rogers. How are we doing, Luke? Good. How are you? That was hell of an entrance. Hell of an entrance. Um, our two, two YouTube, uh, YouTube prescribers with their subscribers would have enjoyed that. Shout out to Lara and Alan Bush. Uh, everyone else on Spotify hasn't got a clue what we're talking about. Uh, but welcome <laughs> to the latest, uh, latest poddy. Um, so, uh, yeah, today's episode, I think we can jump uh, jump straight into it. So we're going to be uh, talking about powerlifting. Uh, we're going to be jumping into the world of powerlifting, um, sort of finding out what's going on at the moment, um, how you can get into powerlifting, the benefits of it, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be kind of almost interviewee style. So I'll just ask Luke some questions. And obviously, he's the man in the know when it comes to powerlifting. And uh, we'll have a, a bit of a bit of discussion and see where it goes. Um, so, yeah, uh, what's going on in the world of powerlifting at the moment? So, the world of powerlifting is healing, much like the world in itself, and normality of returning. There's been a couple of competitions recently, which is great to see. It gives people a timeline to work towards. Um, gives people yeah something to start training towards, which is great to see. And kind of gives a bit of direction to the training, which I think a lot of people lack when it's just ongoing training. It's nice to have something to work towards. Uh, so, in terms of MSC, we've got eight people competing. Um, next weekend at the super training meet which is uh, really exciting so there's eight from msc seven of them which i coach which uh, has been really excellent to, to start getting people ready for competitions again and just the buzz in the gym and just the buzz of coaching people ready for these has been uh, it's been fantastic to see so myself i'll be competing there as well um just as a bit of like a, a warm-up meet for some slightly bigger competitions uh, later in the year but yeah so there's uh, eight of us doing the super training comp which will be uh, great to see there should be a live stream as well well there is a live stream because uh, it's still because of the covid uh, not allowed to have spectators but uh yeah it should be a good competition i think a lot of people are looking to get some good pbs which is great after most people had some kind of layoff after uh, after covid and it's uh, kind of like what we said before about it. it doesn't actually take as long and you can maintain your strength quite relatively easily um, during like periods of time where you're not able to train quite as much, it is quite easy to maintain your, your strength gains. And that's kind of materialised where, like I said, a lot of people are looking for all-time PBs, which normally takes like a good year of training, but there's some decent level people hitting some uh, some good PBs. So. That's really exciting. Uh, yeah, so obviously this is uh, this is pretty much the first combat for people. Uh, you mentioned this, you know, you're using this as a bit of a stepping stone towards mother. Uh, bigger, bigger comps. What else is coming up in the sort of this, you know, near near future? So what's quite exciting. So I, um, yeah, I was provisionally selected for Worlds, um, which was due to take place in Belarus, um, but because of the the COVID restrictions, then I think Belarus. I'm not sure exactly, but maybe haven't handled the the situation. There's political unrest. Um, so there's a few countries pulled out, including um, Great Britain, which said they weren't going to take a team. Um, so I kind of draw the line of the four Worlds is not happening. Um, so then getting ready for the British, which is in September. Um, and then literally two days later, they've moved the Worlds to, to Sweden. So now Worlds is in Sweden and then announced today that yeah, Great Britain are taking a team. So all being well with COVID, uh, I think I will be competing at Worlds. So my first Worlds, and I'm really excited about it. Um, so this is very much a warm-up meet and just to, you know, just off the old uh, cobwebs, as they say. Um, yeah, chance just to kind of work up to around 90-ish percent. Have a little bit of time away and then um, stop prepping for, for Worlds in Sweden, which uh, I've been to Worlds twice as a coach, um, so handling as uh, mainly the junior team um, in Calgary and also in Sweden. 
Um, so this one will be, yeah, just, it's one of my, I've got like a few aims that I really wanted to achieve as a lifter. One of them was like winning the British, getting a British record, and then the last two are international level stuff. It's, yeah, competing at Worlds and, and then eventually trying to get some kind of international medal for like either a squat or a deadlift, probably not the bench. Um, yeah, so this is another one ticked off, fingers crossed. Um, and it's also going to be at the uh, Elite Cole uh, Performance Centre, which is, uh, it's going to be unreal. So yeah, it's mega, yeah. It's a lot easier to convince people, like, like mention it to Elise about coming to, to Belarus isn't quite as uh, appealing as uh, as going to Sweden and yeah. everyone in Sweden. So yeah, really excited to, to get stuck into Very nice. Yeah. You can rob a couple of plates, a uh, couple of the Lego plates and bars and uh, sneak them on the way back with you then. I'm sure the one will be much, much appreciated. Um, how's your how's your prep going um, for you individually and then the team? And then, and then for the for the MSC team, yeah. So for myself, uh, it's it's going okay. Um, I'm feeling pretty strong. Just not everything's feeling 100 in terms of my uh, my adductor. Like it's it's okay. I'm just aware of it, um, which is one of the other reasons why I'm only going up to around 90. percent um, I need just a, a period of time just to get 100 percent healthy. And I think we're not a million miles away from it, but just pushing that intensity again. And something I'm speaking to you about is just I think. Um, taking away some of the accessory work that's been staples before and focusing more on like the competition lifts just hasn't been perfect for me and I think I probably took too much away um, so like stuff like the unilateral work like split squats etc no one likes to do them but me and you are both massive uh, advocates of them um, stuff like extra doctor work and yeah I had a session with Max and he mentioned about Obviously, when you add an area that's injured, it's just going to be a little bit more exposed, but also it's it's going to be a weakness and probably requires a little bit more attention. Needs some tolerance um, and needs some build up of you know some workload for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, gradually building that back in, even though I'm getting ready for the comp. So adding some single leg work back in there, um, I can I can do ninety percent, no problem. But it's just yeah, getting that last ten percent is here. Needs a needs a good prep. So I'm yeah slowly building back up the the adductor work, the single leg work. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed that we can start to put together a good prep for Worlds. Sweet. Uh, in terms of everyone else, it's it's genuinely been a, a really good prep for for, all the, for the other for the other six people that we coach. Um, everyone's kind of hitting PBs or there or there about in the training. Um, so yeah, if we can get a good kind of taper in and maintain the strength that they've built, we should be we should be well in. No one's really worrying about their weight. Everyone's well within the category or like only like. A one or two percent walk up which for a lot of people they're normally cutting a decent amount of weight to try and get into a, a category that like i personally i compete at 74 um i'm currently 76 and a half so even from south that's quite a small cut while normally i'm about 77 maybe just a touch above so very manageable cut so yeah the majority of people should uh should be hitting some uh, some good numbers which is great to see what I really enjoy at this part is just the, the the little nuances and the little individuality that you see in people's peaking. Uh, we spoke about this in one of the last podcasts about how people expect, like when they get an individualised program, to it'd be black and white and night and day different to, to somebody else's. Yeah. But you've got seven guys competing in powerlifting, so they're all going to be doing singles on squat bench and deadlift. But then the difference is coming like when people are taking their last heavy singles, when people start doing singles, how long people keep doing rep work for, how much you're dropping back in terms of reducing the volume at this point. And uh, like a couple of good interesting ones is like, um, if you look at Tez and uh, Chalkley, they're two of like my not very good levels like Tez can qualify for the British Chalkley's there with our power and he's yeah, pulling 275 because Chalkley's such a big deadlifter he's deadlifting 
he did 275 for his last single. He's taken his deadlift a week earlier than Tez's, whose yeah. deadlift is at 250, sure. just because the amount of stress of working up to that weight. Also, he's yeah. taller, so when you add in the amount of distance into the uh, calculation for the volume, he's, he's working a lot harder. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot more work. So he's taken his last deadlift two weeks out, and the rest of his lifts are a week out. While Tez is all like, his last deadlift is 10 days out. His uh, last squat was uh, on Monday, so he's, uh, he's taking his heaviest lifts this week. So quite interesting little things like that. And then also like how long you're doing singles with people. Um, some people are doing singles um, for a further amount of time. Other people are doing like doubles and triples still, and then just one or two weeks of singles. Um, so I really enjoy this part of it and these little individualized differences based off the data that you got of people. And, and also yeah. just educate, a lot of it's just educated guesses. That's it, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's fascinating. I've always found it quite fascinating, like the individual handling side of things, uh, both from a physiological point of view and a psychological point of view as well, <coughs> and, how, and how to get people ready. Because like, they say you're doing your training blocks, you know, during, uh, during, during the year and during off season and pre-season, if you like, um, where like people can be hit big numbers and put up good numbers in the gym. Yeah. But ultimately we've got to do it on the dance floor. Do you know what I mean? This like, you know, and it's the same in any other sport, like, you know, with, uh, you know, you refer to it rugby sometimes, like, you know, it's a couple of guys who, train like Tarzan and uh, compete like Jane, you <laughs> yeah. know, and uh, it's, um, you know, similar power thing, isn't it? Like, you know, you've got to, you've got to turn up on the day and get those numbers right. And those yeah. little individual, it's not the same for everyone. It's not like that one week taper or two week taper as a, as a set standard is very individual based on those things you're talking about. Like I said, like a bit more, bit more behind it than people might, sure. might think. The big thing is like the individualized feedback. So a couple of the things that we track, similar to in like the barbell club, is like people's sleep quality, their desire to train, their kind of readiness for the sessions. These scores, uh, which are arbitrary, are coming down. Then you're like, okay, we need to maybe taper back more than maybe we originally thought. And you know, I mentioned Tess, uh, he's taken his single slightly closer than Chalkley. We've actually started to drop back his volume on some of like his uh, variants, like his belt squat, uh, some some pressing work, we've started to reduce that down more because he's reporting high levels of fatigue. Uh, so just starting to draw him back a little bit earlier than maybe he did for chocolate. He's still reporting decent scores. And I think half of that is because we've changed, like when he's taking his his heavy singles. But yeah, these little differences they they really do matter. Like I said, the the the, the idea is to make sure everyone lifts optimally on the day, and it, that's where the yeah, the skill comes in, and that's where the uh, these these decisions are all made about trying to get the best result on the day, making sure people are on peak during the uh, during their training, and making people like you bring about the, the the fatigue in a way that they're able to perform optimally on the on the stage. You get a lot of people they'll they'll miss the lift, and then a few days later they'll try and do it again, and they'll sure. get it. And that's not the sport. Like, no one gives a shit what you're getting another time. All the matters is at the competition, so it doesn't yeah, matter exactly. what you do yeah, two yeah, weeks out. It's on the dance floor where it counts, you know, getting get it done at comp, isn't it? Yeah, that's where yeah. the medals are won and where you know people want to perform. Yeah, pretty exciting. Like, uh, yeah, Elisa's deadlift to 175, 8.4, which is a baby. Right. Deadlift, deadlift. Chalky yeah. 275, uh, Tez squatted 217, mm -hmm. uh, which was a 7 kilo PB. Um, yeah, Naz is flirting with her PBs again, and her heaviest lift is on Friday. Um, so yeah, everyone's doing really good. Um, literally every single person, so uh, yeah. Really are, you, are, you, are you surprised at how people have bounced back from, from COVID and from the lockdowns uh, physically to, to you know get to the position where they are where we're going back into first comps and like you're talking about PBs, you're talking about people breaking records and, and putting in good performances yes. really. Like are you, are you surprised that people have done as well as you know as well as they have? Nobody can see COVID coming obviously. Yeah. Which is funny, isn't it? Because you you get the information, it's like you know, ten percent 
to 30% you're here to, to maintain. So most people during lockdown were doing something. So on paper, you see all this information that's saying that it is quite easy to maintain, but you haven't actually got that like proof from doing it yourself. Sure. Um, yeah, so a lot of people were training over like just once or twice or didn't have access to kit. We're doing like the absolute bare minimum. Um, but I've come back and like you said, I've progressed well. So I'm, I am very pleasantly surprised. I think this is like the minimum amount of time. Like if it was a month earlier, then I, w I wouldn't have been as confident people yeah, get such good yeah. numbers. I think this is like the perfect amount. I'm not sure exactly off the top of my head. Maybe it's been like six weeks, weeks four, four months, maybe since we've been open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like it's a decent sized block, isn't it? It's yeah. a train. It's a train cycle. Sixteen weeks of yeah. training cycle. If it was like you have to rush you for eight to twelve weeks, I wouldn't be as confident. Um, but I think yeah, getting a full training cycle in after a period of time of, uh, of of not being quite as pushing your your training as hard, I think I think that's fine. And you hear about other people like having blocks where it's non-specific or or not even focused on powerlifting, and then doing a sixteen-week block and feeling great. Sure. Um, which is why like I'm fairly optimistic that if I can get to ninety, well, I am at ninety percent and doing training. Yeah. Um, having a little bit of time off after the comp and then prepping for worlds, which I think will be about it off the top of my head. I think it's like eleven or twelve weeks. Yeah. Um, I think that was a good amount of time to get from 90% to 100%. I haven't got to go from 70% up. So, yeah, if you're sure. going to feel in health, we should be able to, to get Yeah, yeah, you're not, obviously, yeah, you're not starting from scratch with like, you know, a big general preps, you know, exactly. um, period needed or anything like that. Exactly. You know, so yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. With the, um, so sort of spoke about the physical side of things and the guys are physically looking, looking ready. What about mentally? Obviously, it's been, quite a long time since people have competed how are you coping with that yourself any change in approach for you any change in approach for the for the squad that are competing how are people feeling about it you know what, what about the mental side of the game i think um yeah it's tough like no one's really like there are people getting nervous people are starting to like the, the commands and stuff like that so you want to get as ready for it as possible i think one of the benefits of being in like a uh, a powerlifting-esque gym is that you've got other people around you that can keep you to the standards that you need to lift at. Yeah. I think if people were lifting in like a commercial gym and they were you know, in front of a mirror, uh, not used, not sure where the standards were, I think it'd be completely different. But I think everyone's very confident with what they're doing because they've got the right people around them. Yeah. Uh, that said, because this comp's going to be completely different to any other comp, like we can't go in and watch it if you're not competing. So like as soon as you compete, you've got to leave. So uh, there's me, yeah. there's me, there's me, Tez and Seppi on the air. Uh, on the Saturday, so there's only three of us. Then the day after, there's the other five. Um, and I would normally be at the competition handling people. I think when you take that away, people are going to be slightly more nervous on the day. Um, but because of the live stream, I should be able to like keep in contact and stuff, which will be great. But I think at the minute, everyone seems calm and everyone seems sound with the standards that they're lifting to. But then as soon as you get onto the third day and you look out and it's a, like a weird empty gym just a couple of judges all of a sudden instead of your friends cheering you on you've just got three judges there i think it might be a little bit more different. Different. Yeah, it's very yeah, different because yeah, yeah. yeah. normally it's like you go out and if there's like eight of us there it's like being at mc you've got eight people oh, yeah, out cheering you on. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you take that away and it's it's very quiet yeah um yeah it's going to be very different but i think everyone's going to handle it really well uh my mentality going to is a little bit different because it's just a bit of a warm-up so i've just put no pressure on it whatsoever yes. there's no pressure for me to hit a certain amount of numbers yeah um, just go and enjoy it enjoy the weekend and get some practice practice the commands make sure everything is to the standard that it needs to be for worlds and uh yeah then take it from there so i'm very relaxed going into it which is nice because the last few competitions have been quite high pressured so yeah. i'm trying to put no pressure on it whatsoever and just kind of enjoy it for what it is get used to get used to you know 
hit those signals in a, in a combat fight, well, sort of a combat yeah. environment, commands. Getting used to having to warm up again is a massive yeah, one. Exactly. Timing. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so easy to get ready for a, a single when you can have as much rest as you want, but sure. if you've got 25 minutes, you've got to do four warm-ups. You, yeah. you just got to get used to that timing again, so sure. it'll be cool to do it. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Back to um, back to the physical stuff, actually. Um, just briefly, sort of going through through the COVID stuff again, and obviously, you know, you know, we've got we've got the proof now that okay, we can get away with that little bit of time of not doing, you know, not being overly specific, not lifting overly heavy, and then coming back and doing a block and actually getting back to a good standard. I think we spoke about this before, like ourselves, but you know. Would you would you be more inclined and more relaxed now about over a, over an annual annual cycle or a six month cycle putting in a block of like obviously there'd be general prep work anyway but being more relaxed and coming away from the lifts completely if needed like just a bit more relaxed about how oh, specific yeah exactly too with like Olympic lifters coming back really well as well and like I think before. You know, anyone involved in the lift it'd be frightened, you know, to not snatch for a week, you know, some form of snatch, whether sure. it's a power or a hip or a light or whatever it might be, um, because you're gonna like lose the skill and et cetera. What we seeing is people coming back and actually hitting quite good yeah. standards. Um, that's not to say like go and have like massive rest, but you know, in a in a twelve month uh, you know, let's take a take an annual for example, over twelve months. Would you be more relaxed now about like with someone who needed a lot of single leg work, did a lot of corrective work, uh, needed those accessories of saying like for a month, right, let's go absolute minimal dose on yeah. squat bench deadlift, like minimum, absolute minimal, and putting in a lot of the other work. Would you be more relaxed now having gone through the COVID experience? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you've got to take into into account the oh. You've got to take into account the. Uh, You've got to take the individual into account, like mentally, how they're going to feel. But if they're confident with everything that you're giving them, and they're confident after the COVID, uh, then I would definitely be more inclined to take it slightly further away from the, the specific work. And let's say before, if it was like 80% accessories and variants, and then 20% of the competition lifts, I'd probably be more inclined to, to take it slightly further to maybe like 10% competition work. So most people would still want to do like some kind of competition or at least a bar on the back so maybe a high bar but I would definitely be a little bit more inclined to take it further away and um, in particular if people have got like the general aches and pains or little kind of niggles that come off from competing powerlifting I would definitely have a block away from those competition lifts and yeah I think people now now know that and, and aren't too worried about that so I think we could definitely do that moving forward with people um, obviously again it's schedule dependent because the luxury of, of, of COVID, if there was any, including for yourself, is that you've got this year where there's going to be no competitions. Yeah, well, it yeah. might only be 16 weeks before the next one. Then all of a sudden, a month without it, but it might be fine, but people just mentally might not be ready to, to not be squatting 12 yeah. weeks out from a competition. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it, if you can give yourself a period of time, maybe six months or five months before comp, you could definitely do at least a couple of weeks, almost as like a bit of yeah. a desensitization and just look at a fully just to, to recoup and make sure everything's feeling 100%, restore your health yeah. and then kind of take it from there. So it definitely would be. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, yeah with the fact that there's no comps and stuff, like it's, it's been, a, like I say, a, a, not that COVID's a luxury, of course, but like, yeah, it's been a luxury that you can do more, you know, general prep work, yeah. et cetera. But yeah, same from like from my point of view, from a rugby rugby standpoint, is like normally an off season is four weeks. 
yeah. and then you're back at pre-season and then you're back into games so it's a very short window you don't have the luxury for you know um, a massive general prep cycle which yeah. you know because of what's happened um, I had pretty much a 16 week <laughs> general prep yeah, like yeah, 12, yeah. 12, 16 week where like the specificity was quite minimal like 10-20% and the rest of it was like just pure general prep and it was like a bigger strength cycle than normal and it's you know, a bigger conversion like you know time than normal as well whereas normally that like you know 52 weeks is normally condensed into four yeah. weeks so yeah. you don't quite have the, have the luxury um, but yeah it's uh, yeah, it's been an interesting time for sure so what um what about like you know we've got listeners here who are sort of you know thinking this all sounds pretty cool they'd like to compete they know a little bit about powerlifting but they don't know where to where where to start like you know what's the what's the best kind of way to get into powerlifting so yeah good question um i really am a massive believer in like in your environments um so i think trying to get involved in some kind of powerlifting club or in a gym where powerlifters train and they're not rare anymore where before it was quite difficult to find a club like most places will have a club uh it might not be a powerlifting gym we're not a powerlifting gym but we have a lot of powerlifters here and a lot of powerlifting equipment yeah. so you'll be able to find some kind of facility that, that has powerlifters there someone that's going to help you kind of with you know the motivation and the atmosphere that you need to thrive but also just to keep you accountable and make sure that everything that you're doing is to the standard it's need to be to, to actually compete with because you'll go to a commercial gym and you'll see the standard of squat and deadlift and it's not where it needs to be and that's why people lift a lot less when they do the first comp yeah um so i would definitely try and get involved in a powerlifting gym or a gym where powerlifters train ideally if you can you know financially afford it i think getting a coach at least for a few sessions um, is a massive thing and um, I would prioritize getting one-to-one work to begin with if you've never had that or no one's ever looked at it just to make sure again that there's you're doing everything right to, you know most importantly don't hurt yourself and then trying to make things as efficient as you can give yourself good fundamentals to then take forward there's a million programs online that like you don't have to pay for but I do think it's worthwhile having some one-to-one coaching and then if you decide to work with them moving forward fantastic um, otherwise there's some great structured programs online that more than enough to get you started with but i do believe in having that first hands-on coaching even if it's for peace of mind just to make sure that you know working with a powerlifting coach make sure you squats at the standard they're efficient and they're not good you're not going to get hurt with suboptimal technique uh, so I'd definitely recommend there and then moving forward from there it's uh finding competition the biggest uh powerlifting federation in britain is british powerlifting that's the the drug-free option um it's the one that's like yeah the biggest federation it's British powerlifting linked to British weightlifting, which linked to British Royal. It's the one that's like, yeah, at the forefront of powerlifting. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to do a different one, there are different options. But if you were looking for competition in a, you know, you were drug free because there is a there is a non-tested version. Um, but if you wanted to, to pursue, and you wanted to get to like a higher level, or you wanted at least to compete with other people, British powerlifting is is the one to go for. They're at the most amount of comps. They're the most well organised. Um, so yeah, you'd have to join British powerlifting, and then from there it's just um finding out what region you fall into so yeah. obviously if you're in Birmingham you're in the West Midlands if you're in London you're in the London etc Northwest find your uh region and see what competitions I've got from there so for the West Midlands I also win the West Midlands powerlifting so it's a nice little uh it's a nice little thing for people when they join MSC is that they already know uh myself through winning you know winning MSC but then also when they get to West Midlands I'll be there as will most of the, uh, the members and people who coach because they help win the competitions as well yeah. so it's nice to, to have that, that as a, a bit of a plus for, for MSC and to make people feel uh, welcomed there's uh, you know, Tash and uh, Overclient Liver doing their first West Midlands comp 
uh, sorry, second for Tash, first for Liv in August. Um, and like in terms of nerves, they're just so much more relaxed knowing that like people that are going to be running their desk and spotting loading are guys from MSC. Um, so yeah, you need to join British Palestine slash the alternative, uh, find your region and then find your competition and then work it from there. That's the difficulty with the programming is you need to then find a program that fits the timeline that you've got. So sure, sure. You might do the you know, off the top of my head, Calgary Barbell program, which is 16 weeks, you need to time that then around it. Well, the benefit of individuality and individualized programs would be, it would be specific to your timeline. Yeah, specific to your timeline and also like the feedback elements exactly. uh, alongside that as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you buy a template and it's like, you know, it's not been written, it's not been written for you. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's still some good benefits to using it and it's a hell of, you know, hell of yes. a lot better than, than uh, trying to do it yourself or, or not having a program to follow um but obviously the individual aspects is yeah. like the constant feedback the updating the fatigue monitoring the there's a difference between receiving a program and getting coaching even if it's online yeah. coaching like yeah. Yourself, like yeah. the, the uh the feedback that you give which then dictates how the sessions also moving forward yeah. is massive um so yeah there's definitely a time and a place where you'll need coaching like you said to begin with if you're not wanting to compete you just want to do some kind of powerlifting style training and you can't make it to the gym an online program is great but eventually like the benefit of getting coaching is that that feedback making sure everything's as efficient as you can yeah and altering it based off the feedback you're giving um so yeah there's definitely benefits yeah. to, to that i think like obviously the the ultimate is if you can if you can afford it if it's in with your diary is to have like obviously ongoing coaching whether that's you know programming or one-to-one -one coaching but like it, like you said even if you can't just get one or two or three sessions to begin with yeah. initial sessions like just uh you know re refine that technique as best as you can is such a good investment 100 percent 100%. And yeah, you know, for a few people, like, like I said, for peace of mind, like if people yeah. are not 100% confident with their technique or just want to make sure that they're going to these these competitions and they listen to the standard, it can be great for that. Um, but also, yeah, when you're first starting out, you're not going to be doing everything 100%. And you're going to save yourself a lot of time, a lot of effort. If you can get someone just to give you a few pointers. And like I said, spending three hours with you, just going through squat, bench and deadlift technique is huge. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely worthwhile. Like I said, getting feedback as much as you can. But if it doesn't financially fit, getting some kind of initial coaching from someone is a, is a massive thing. If you can't afford coaching and you've got to run a program, then try and be surrounded by other powerlifters that can at least give you some feedback. Yeah, I think the environment's a really good point as well um like let's just say that that makes a that makes an absolutely huge huge difference i think like one of the good things of you know msc using that as an example is like you know from the powerlifting you know uh especially but like through everything just having like like-minded people yeah. that you're training with um like obviously with powerlifting you've got the specificity of like someone checking your dev giving you like very sure very you know very uh, specific feedback but like just the atmosphere in general of like training with like people who are similar minded similar minded, minded like all, all, all different levels of course but like different sports different you know I know on a Monday night at the minute, you've got like jazz, weightlifting, you've got a couple of guys now like basketball and American footballers like training hard and training well. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's an inspiring environment. off each other. Like, yeah. imagine like trying to do that kind of training in like, like you say, a commercial gym. Like, it's just nowhere near as inspiring. And like, you're not, you know, like the good thing here is everyone's feeding off each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're watching jazz and like, obviously you're not weightlifting, but like, it's a different sport. And like, but you're looking at that. Watching Jazz get that buzz, getting that like feel for like this is a place where like good quality lifting is 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 done. It's inspiring for me as a rugby player to watch like 
the, 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 the strength qualities and the intensity of which some of the powerlifters train yeah. in the you know some, some of the way some of the weightlifters train and like you say like the basketball guys the American football guys like I feed off that personally well, if you watch Jester, like a ballsy, like snatch, you know, he's fucking aggressive under the, Brave, under the bar. Aggressive. And you watch that and it, it can't not inspire you. Yeah. Um, you watch the American footballers like training like, athletically or like, you know, doing good, powerful lifts. And it's inspiring, like anyone to be training well, training hard. It's just a good environment. Yeah. It's a good, like, eclectic mix of different sports, but all training to get better and all kind of like minded in that respect. And yeah, it's fantastic. So I definitely think the atmosphere. I mean, I used to, six years ago when we used to train at Banner Times, was. You know, you do what you can, but it's it's, it's not ideal, yeah. both from an equipment perspective, but also just like. Well, you're you know, trying to load up that ten kilo bar to <laughs> deadlifting. <laughs> there's only one. There was only one twenty keg bar, wasn't there? And that was normally in the squat the squat rack being curled. Yeah, I was trying to squat with like John at the time, and like it was, I was still fairly new, but I was like still fairly strong trying to squat above two hundred on a Saturday, and like there'd be a couple of guys like on the farm just like doing nothing in the corner. And you're trying to train hard, and it's just not the environment for it. Um, huge. So if you can get the environment and get that little bit of the environment, big man, right? That's that's big, isn't it? Yeah. So interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, if you want to start off, like, what you know, what about the importance of like just good general qualities and like. This is something I'm a, I'm a massive uh, advocate for, and I, and I think that a lot of people specialise too early. Um, people that have got no athletic background, never played a sport, and I think a lot of it is like if you're not very athletic, you go to university. There's a university powerlifting club that looks interesting. There's something about that that seems to draw maybe that kind of mentality. If you wanted to be involved in sports, but find team sports a bit too much, it seems to attract like people that are a bit more uh, what's the word um, introverted. Um, so a lot of like people that haven't got that sporting background and take up powerlifting. The danger of that is just that early specialisation, which can happen in anything, um, is probably not a good idea from like a, you know, maximising how much you can actually get out of the training, but also from an injury perspective. So I think having these general qualities beforehand is a massive thing. So you can tell the people that come into powerlifting from having like some kind of athletic background, so playing a sport, um, which is one of the reasons I think America is so far ahead of like, England is their background compared to ours in terms of sport is, yeah. is ridiculous. And the amount of people yeah. now, like, you know, Taylor Atwood just did the most ridiculous total at the US Nationals, and he was like a very good American footballer. Yeah, you get guys who are like not quite making the cut yeah. in the NFL. And it's like, I mean, if you don't quite make the cut in the NFL, you are an unbelievable yeah. athlete. And you get a squat and deadlift and bench pretty well. Yeah. Well, um, they're deadlifting and squatting from like such a young age. Uh, sure. It's part of the they're American training. So yeah. much more seriously sport, yeah. don't they? So, like you said, getting guys like who maybe are six, seven, eight years old, nine years old, aren't grown up specifically with the dream of being a powerlifter because you know there's bigger, bigger, yeah. bigger, more commercial sports out there. But like they've got a dream of making the NFL or you know the NBA or whatever it is, and it's like, yeah, that like they're not quite making that cut or they don't pursue that for whatever reason it's like the transfer across to you know it's powerlifting it's like Jesus like yeah they've already got a background of you know 15 20 years of like good S&C training yes. good all around general qualities like you say and then it's Even like right let's forward. try and let's try and apply the skill to that already like absolute physical monster even if you haven't done like the SSC, just playing a sport, just like positional awareness and like yeah, mode control, more control, actually just like knowing how to train hard 
is massive. And I think people just don't quite have that if they haven't spent time in the gym, which is like, so if you were interested in getting powerlifting, but you haven't done any gym work or any sport, I'd recommend like a very long period of time of just kind of getting used to, to being in a gym and just doing more general style training in the gym rather than just going specific squat bench deadlift. Know, building some muscle mass, doing lots of accessory work. I think as well as like building the muscle mass, which we know will set you up for the potential to then lift more further down the line, just from like an, an injury reduction perspective of doing all this accessory work and, and lifting well and learning to train hard, it's so much more beneficial then to, to then pursuing powerlifting. So I think if you've got a sport background or you've done like bodybuilding style training or just some kind of training and then once again powerlifting, fantastic. If you've never gone into a gym before, but you went to powerlift, I would definitely recommend just doing some very good, like non-specific strength training, general prep work. So you can still squat and deadlift, but just not early specialising it and doing singles all year round. Yeah, yeah. Squat bench and deadlift. Learn, squat, learn to goblet squat first. Learn you know, to goblet squat, and then can you, can you do that? Right, let's get a bar on your back. But even if you can, not singles, not you know. Even if you can do a a barbell squat after like a month, like not just doing barbell squat, doing front squats, doing safety bar squat, doing single leg work, doing hamstrings, doing loads of machine work. Yeah, the amount of muscle mass we spoke about before, but like the amount of muscle mass you're going to build through machine work compared to a squat, especially when you're just starting out and your motor control is not that good, and the fatigue causes you to have technique breakdown. The amount of muscle mass you're going to build from doing the machines is massive. Yeah. And then the amount of like motor control you're going to get from doing single leg work is going to be so much better. Yeah. Um, so I just think, yes, try not to get too specific too soon. So if you're like very new into, into training, spend that time doing that work with the bigger picture of still powerlifting. And you don't have to say, I'm a powerlifter, uh, so I need to squat into deadlift. You can say, I have the dream of competing in powerlifting. So for now, I'm building up a good foundation of strength and building up a good base of athletic development to then you know, push on with powerlifting in the future. Yeah. If you look at like weightlifters, I know it's completely different because of the age, but like when they're like six years old and um, scouted them in like Kazakhstan or in China, then they're, they're not getting them doing Olympic lifting. They're getting them to do jumps, swimming, um, you know, these athletic movements which set up the, the foundation for weightlifting further down the line rather than making them do clean and jerk at four years old, which is fantastic to see, but it's not what's going to make them an amazing no, weightlifting no, no. further down the line. It's these no. athletic qualities which can be developed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, general prep, variation. Um, and there'll be a time, like so for specific work, but build up some sure. mass first, build yeah. up some you know, good control, learn to train hard. Don't squat and like, have technical breakdown when you were two months in. Yeah. Do some squats, practice that skill, then go and do some machine work. Yeah. Treat it like... Play the yeah. long game. Play the long game like, you say, you know, as we know through coaching, you know, for, for the time we have, like just developing that skill first like the weight will come easy you know the weight will come over time you know and so far you can get just basic progressive overload but like the skill is like the key isn't it um being able to be well-rounded being able to squat hinge push pull carry rotate you know plates of movement different variations you know deadlift uh romanian deadlift trap bar deadlift back squat front squat you know goblet squat split squat even if yeah. you like, if you've got someone like, like with a field, a field sport, the amount that they'll be able to deadlift doing if they're not deadlifting, from just being able to jump well, yeah, uh, and just from being able to sprint well and produce yeah. speed and force from there, it's going to have more trans, it's going to have some transfer. So even just being able to produce good speed and force on a variance, uh, on loads of different variations, it's going to be really beneficial. Yeah. And I think rather than starting squatting like really low weights and then just trying to build that every single week, building up this massive 
the foundation of, of good exercise that you can call upon is, is, is massive. Yeah, absolutely. I think like, yeah, if you, if you are young and you start now and things like that, you're looking at more exercise, you know, variation and selection. So you might be doing like, you know, quite a lot of exercises in a session. You might be doing eight to 10, maybe 12 exercises in a, in a, in a, in a session, but it'd be low, low volume, it'd be one set, two sets of each thing, obviously like to moderate loads and just, you know, being, being well-rounded, that's just going to give you such a good foundation for, yeah. for further, you know, developing further athletic qualities and more specific athletic, athletic qualities as well. The danger that comes is when you look at like the best powerlifters, which is what someone everyone just said, oh, I should be doing what they'll be doing. Yes. And you compare it to yeah. the world champion uh, and they're <laughs> yeah. also doing very highly specific work. Yeah. Uh, or even if it's not specific, if it's post comp, it's still closely mimics powerlifting training. Yeah. But if you looked at what they were doing when they were at your stage, it would be completely different to just doing squat bench and deadlift and those cross variants. So look at what they were yeah. doing from an early stage. And yeah, take inspiration from these guys. But yeah. like, you know, you're on your own journey. Everyone's got their own timeline. Exactly. Um, yeah, weightlifting like yeah, Lou and Clock Off are like big ones. Like people watch some of their stuff and what they're doing, and uh, you know. Yeah, it's uh, let me do an underwater snatch like clapping. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so uh, just focus on uh, focus on on your own stuff and yeah. realize where you're at. And I say take take inspiration from the big guys, but you know take your take your time. So yeah, I think that's a a, a big one. Um, any any other bits and pieces you want to get out, get into in in terms of the world of world of powerlifting? Um. I think we've uh, we've covered quite well. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, I think now, if you're looking into getting into powerlifting, you have a good idea of like the importance of of joining somewhere for the environment for kind of to get that feedback at least from someone at powerlifts. Um, you know where to go through British powerlifting or the alternative. Um, find your region, find a competition, um, get some good structure in there, get as much feedback as you viably can. Um, and then yeah, choose competitions, work backwards from it, and don't be scared to, if you're just starting out, just to spend a lot of time building up general qualities, not going specific with your squat bench and deadlift work, just having a big broad base of exercises to build some muscle mass, uh, to get used to training hard, and then getting more specific as you get closer to those competitions, but there's absolutely no rush and there's no need to really specialise until you're right ready for your, your first competition, which obviously then the last part of that should be spent heavily around squat bench and deadlift and getting ready for there. But yeah, don't be scared to, to take a step further away than maybe what your yeah. initially thought would be and yeah. uh, progressively build up from there. General prep then specific prep later on. Happy days. Perfect. Brilliant. Over and out. Cheers guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that episode. And uh Till the next one. Till the next one. Cheers. Cheerio.